Hey guys, welcome back to the Where the Light Is podcast, the podcast where we illuminate things in the spirit realm, illuminate things in the word of God, and illuminate and work to strengthen the believer. I'm Ruben, and I, of course, am your host for today. I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, I know we are, of course, in whatever week of quarantine it's getting to it's gotten to the point to where things are starting to jumble together but we know that god is good and everything works out for the good of those who believe and trust in him um i hope you guys are staying safe staying well i hope you guys aren't getting too bored or getting too riled up getting too um uh getting any kind of cabin fever but um i just pray that we all are sober to the fact that there's something coming and we can feel it in the spirit there's something coming and today i want to jump in and go ahead and talk about some of the things that are going to be vital towards the coming revival um last week as we know we spoke on the significance of the name and as i said at the end of the message we will be starting to do a small mini series and the mini series is going to be speaking on that kind of topic so today we will be covering the power of a name last week was the significance of a name this week is the power of a name so before we go ahead and get into that before we jump into that let's go ahead and pray Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us today. We ask you to come in. We ask you to just take us to the next level. We ask you to just illuminate things in our lives, illuminate things in our spirit. We ask you to help us yield to you today. We ask you to help us receive from you reveal who jesus is in this this sweet word of god reveal who you are reveal the divine secrets and the divine instruction you have for us we ask you please come in please have your way we call you lord so be lord that we are no longer just people who say things but we are people who will do things and people who invite you in and let you have your way we yield to you we yield to you teach us Mold us, refine us, as in your precious holy fire refines us. Jesus, we live for you and we thank you for everything you're doing. We thank you for your your sweet, sweet sacrifice and your resurrection power. And we receive and yield our lives to you. We carry our cross and we yield our lives to you again afresh. In Jesus' name, in your sweet name, amen. So, like I said, today we're speaking on the power of a name. Um, Last week we learned that a name is signified to signify the uh, a name is significant because it signifies the will of God in an, an individual's life. It's used to define the individual's function. It's used to define at times destiny. We learned that it can at points, even in the Bible context, in the context of the Bible. It can point to Jesus. It can point to more revelation of who he is by the the definition of the name. It will point to Jesus. Um, We learned that it can point to the grace that an individual has on their life. But this week, we're going to learn and speak on the power of a name. The power 
a sort of power a name can provide in both the life of a believer, a person in general, or even the different names of God or Jesus. What do what power can they provide and why do they operate in such power? Um, as usual, when you hear the term uh, power, when you hear the uh, term power and coupled with the word name, when you speak of names having power in a Christian's life, you'll hear um, stereotypically or... <laughs> occasionally or even like on the regular people will say that jesus's name has power you'll hear that regularly people say jesus's name has power or there's power in the name of jesus but i want to challenge us today have you asked why his name has power in the life of a believer we are so taught never to question anything we're so taught to just accept everything and don't question anything just accept it just take it just just receive it and shut up but that's not good enough it's healthy for a, a human as humans that is our nature it's healthy for us to question things in the beginning at the garden of eden adam and eve questioned through of course through temptation but they questioned the word of the lord and oftentimes i i think what if Adam and Eve just went and talked to the Lord and asked him and talked to him and communed with him and, and just like reasoned with him. How would this whole scenario change? And I guarantee you we would not be in the same place and they would not be in the same place they are today. And the thing about that is we just so we're so scared to ask questions. But today we're going to ask a few questions. Um, why does Jesus's name have power? Why does his name have weight? We know it carries weight. We know it carries authority. We know it. there's power in the Spirit through His name. But why? Why does it carry weight? But let's go back to the beginning of a name. A name is often given. It's often given to you. I know there are some cases where you change your name legally. You can do that. But usually, your name is given to you from birth by another party. A name is actually made powerful. Like I said, because of a weight placed behind that name. So let's look in a few into a few names and see what a name does power-wise towards that person. Why why does it give power? Why does it give power? Okay, so a name shows the gracing and the functionality of a human or the functionality of a thing or functionality of whatever it may be. So that functionality strengthens and empowers that individual because what you call something is what it becomes because we are made like the creator the creator called let there be and it became that's why there's power behind such things when things are named there's power because when you name something when you place a label on something it shall become what it says that's why we have the bible says be careful what you say be careful what you say because there's power behind your tongue. And the tongue is the it's the hardest thing, the hardest, smallest member, but the hardest thing to tame. Um, a name is often given. It's made powerful. We see in the Bible there are a few. We see three, um, excuse me, yeah, three archangels. We see two of them were marked, I think this is interesting, two of them were marked with God's name and their own names. You see Michael and Gabriel. The El at the end is signifies Elohim. It comes from Elohim. It comes from the Father. It comes from God. That those names had God in it. 
So we see that there's a third one, though, that didn't have his name. Well, who's that third one? That third one was Lucifer. Lucifer meant shining one, light bearer. But his name is Lucifer. There's no no name in, there's no E-L in his name, which signified he was not marked by God. He was created, but not unlike the other two, he wasn't marked. But it's funny because he was, um, Lucifer was graced with a grace that was above the other two in a sense because he's the only archangel that had multiple roles he looked after the glory he looked after the the fire he looked after the praise he was the worship leader and he was also the archangel he was an instrument unto himself he was his body was made of instruments he was the only one blessed and grace was something else but it's so perfect that he did not have that name of elohim in his name because we see what happened to him. And which is funny because he didn't have that in his name. What did he desire to do? He desired, desired to become like God. Isn't that funny? That oftentimes we aren't named what we think we should be named. So we desire to become what we aren't. When in reality we should become what we are called to be by the Father and by the Father in heaven, by the spirit realm, what we really are, our, our identity, our real true identity. We oftentimes are, we crave to be called something we aren't called. And there's danger in that because when you start to step out and try to be called or try to be move into something you aren't called, that is an opening for the Satan, that is a foothold for Satan, and that is an opening that can possibly risk your life when there are ministers who step out into a place that is not meant for them. That is an opening. The worst place to be is if you are in ministry and you're not called by God. I'll say it again. The worst place to be is ministry in the office of a minister when you're not called by God because that places a target on your back. And that places so much responsibility that your grace cannot hold, cannot bear. And that is very, very dangerous. That's why I always tell people, be careful before you try to step into an, a ministry in an office. Be careful because that isn't necessarily the will of God. The will of God first is to make sure you are his and you know who you are and from that identity from that place of knowing who you are from that naming that branding he shall brand you into something else well <laughs> i'm getting a bit ahead of myself but i feel my the holy spirit leading this way um too often we go past what we were called to do and this goes into our names um your name marks a function like i said it marks a function in the last episode i said your name shows your functionality your name also also marks what you are empowered to do um we see that it's funny because lucifer as soon as the rebellion and the fall happens his name changes as well you no longer for a long time see the father call him lucifer you no longer see the angels calling him lucifer the angel did when he fell down he said he did see where are you now oh morning star but this after that you don't see lucifer being called lucifer he's now called satan big why because he strived to be something that was past what he was he was demoted and called rebrand something else what has he been rebrand now He's been called Satan or the devil. Satan means the accuser. 
that name is marking his status. It marks his essence. But after everything happened, his name was changed to the accuser. Why? Because he became the accuser of the brethren, the Bible says. The scriptures say he became the accuser of the brethren. So he became what he was named thereafter because his function became um, the one who brought light. His name, Lucifer, means, again, shining one, light bearer. He, became, he came from the one who was the shining one, the light bearer, the one in heaven. And he moved and he became the one who was accusing others. This is what I'm saying. There's danger in moving outside of what you are called to do, what you're named to do. Your name marks a function. It marks what you're empowered to do. As a name is endowed by God to mark a grace given to you. In the example of Lucifer, like I said, he is now backed by that power. He is by, backed by the power of his name, meaning to accuse. So he gains his power, or he, he tries to at least, gains his power by accusing the brethren. That's why when condemnation and accusations come towards the brethren, when we see people causing strife in the body, when we see people causing um, destruction and their like, their mouths backbiting, um, do everything they're doing, uh, gossiping, all these things are accusing the brethren, are uh, causing seeds of discord. You're doing the thing that Satan has been called to do by his own self. Called to do. He was made in his eyes. He was changed to become an accuser. So we step into office in a bad sense with Satan and start doing what he does. And if I was you, I wouldn't want to be called Satan. I wouldn't want to be called the devil because I'm not, I don't want to be an accuser. I don't want to be that. So that's why we have to be careful. Again, don't step out of what you were called. We were called sons and daughters of Christ. We were called the bride of Christ. None of that says accusing the brethren and setting them in line, quote unquote. There's a way to do things. Don't step out of what you were named to do. There is one, again, like I said, there is one endowed from birth, and his name was Jesus, the Lord Jesus endowed from birth. We see he was placed upon him the name, the angel telling Mary, name him Jesus. The Holy Spirit will enter you and impregnate you, and you shall call him Jesus. Because his assignment, his grace was to save. It was His assignment and grace was to save, so he came as a man. He lived as a man under that calling. He clung to the Father in both the secret place and through demonstration. And his walk in public or in the public eye was that of a demonstration of what his name was proclaiming he was. His name was proclaiming he is the Savior, the one who shall save. And what did he do? He came to destroy the works of the enemy and save the people from the works of the enemy. He is a Savior and his name empowered. It was an empowerment in a sense. That's why the, the angel came to Mary and said, call him Jesus because names are prophetic. They have power upon them. I mean, imagine if the angel just came and said, okay, name him whatever. Just name him whatever. Don't, don't, it doesn't matter what you name him. He didn't do that because there's significance in that name. Um, he was endowed from birth, that name. And to give you, okay, to give you a parallel, just so we think of, uh, so we can get the idea, so we can get this, this, um, this, 
we can grasp this firmly. In the U.S., we used to have a thing with our money called the gold standard. The gold standard, which consisted of a dollar, a U.S. dollar. And that U.S. dollar, what happens is, if you think about it, the U.S. dollar in that time period, and and now even, is just a piece of paper. It's a sheet of paper that was printed and watermarked and all that to become a sheet of exchange, a sheet of currency being exchanged to have weight. But have back in that day, what gave that currency weight was gold. That's why it's called the gold standard. So the weight of the gold, the weight of the gold gave power, gave authority, gave worth, meaning to that sheet. That plain sheet of paper became worthy became uh, had a worth to it had identity to it had power and weight to it so likewise likewise when a person has been given a name when a person has given a name the holy spirit when he is backed when that person is backed by god they are not only able to operate in a grace that is not like this world's they are accompanied with protection. Then the name is the sheet of paper. Yeah, yeah, you are the sheet of paper. The um, you are named a dollar, but the thing backing you gives you weight, and that gold is the father, or it is whatever you do. It is your works. It is it is everything. It is uh, your your standing. Who is backing you? Who is backing you? We are backed by a God that we are named. Say, if my name is Reuben, it is it means the Son, a Son. It is backed by the heavenlies. It is it is backed by the Holy Spirit because I am a, a believer. Because He is lives in me, He backs up that name, and He says, "Okay, you are a Son. Well, I shall take you, and I shall make you, and further you in that grace." And that's why. The gold standard is such a thing. That's why our lives are such a thing. We are mere, mere, excuse me. We are mere pieces of paper. We are mere um, uh, tools and things being used as a vessel. We are called and named. And that naming in the spirit of God it transfers into the body of the vessel. And it become, we, this vessel becomes named and operates into what he has called us. It's like the beginning. The beginning, if you think about it, Adam was molded from a piece of dirt. That piece of dirt, that husk, was nothing until the Lord breathed his air into his nostrils, breathed his breath into his nostrils. The weight behind the person was the breath of God. Likewise, our name, it matters, but what matters is who is backing that name. What is backing that name? And like I said, we're asking questions today. We're just asking a bunch of questions, and we want to know. And I know I feel it in the spirit. I know that people are gonna ask. Well, well, Ruben, what it, what what happens if I was named a horrible name? My parents named me a name with a horrible meaning. What what is that? What what happens? Let me tell you what happens. If you were named by a horrible name, first off. I mean, naturally, you can, if you're old enough, you can change yourself. You can change your name. You can go illegally change your name. But, I mean, okay, let's be real. If that's not the case, 
you have been named. This is this is a a topic. This is a thing that you have to think about. It's not about what you're named necessarily also in the the um, physical realm. It's what you've been named in the spirit. And even it's like, okay, we screw up every day. We make mistakes. But by the grace of God, we operate in the finished work of Christ. Likewise, if your parents or if you have named yourself something bad, if your parents have named you something bad, if people around you are calling you things and labeling you things something bad, in the spirit realm, the Father calls you something different. In the spirit realm, the Father calls you loved. He calls you holy. He says you have the mind of Christ. He says you are the bride of Christ. He said you are my son. You are my daughter. Your name in the spirit is because of the sacrifice that Jesus gave on Calvary and the resurrection and the blood that is forever marked on our doorpost. When he looks at us, he doesn't see your name all the time. Firstly, foremostly, he sees Jesus. So when he looks at us, he sees the name Jesus. Honestly, I've said this before. I honestly believe that, and I know I got this from the Lord. I don't know if this is necessarily true, but this is, I believe that when we go to heaven and we see the Lamb's book of life, it's called the Lamb's book of life. And when he sees us to know that we are saved and we are in that book, I believe we will see the name of Jesus, the mark of Jesus. It's not necessarily about our name. It's about the name of Jesus. It's his name, his mark. The Bible is a revelation of Jesus. The Bible is just a book, but it's being used by the Spirit to reveal a person. That person is Jesus. Everything about us is Jesus. So if you have failed, where people have failed, where people have called you something, your name is not what they call you. Your calling, your identity is not what they call you. It is what he calls you. And we're going we're gonna to get a bit into that next week because um, that's not the not exactly the topic of this week. But that is what it uh, that is what it is when you're named something. And let's say you've been named something wrong. His name overshadows your name. It bases our name. It brings meaning to our name. Names have power. So let's move on a little bit. Let's move on. Um, at times, okay, at times you'll hear, there's some people I know, uh, I've heard this from uh, some prophets, some people, and um, specifically you hear it from Abraham, and he, he was once Abram and Sarah, or she was once Sarai. You hear this in, in, the, um, in the Bible. There are places where, God has changed the person's name and the spirit. He has physically changed their name. And I, I, personally, I even had an encounter with that. Um, a few years ago, I was spending time with the Lord. And as I was, I was reading my Bible, as I was spending time with the Lord, I had, there was this pause in the spirit. You could feel it was a tangible pause. And a peace came over me, and I just like looked down at my Bible. And I saw the name Ruel. And the Lord told me, um, I, I heard him say, your name is Reuben right now, which means you are a son, but I'm bringing you to a place in the spirit and I'm changing your name to a, in the spirit to Ruel, which means, Ruel means he who is intimate with God. And then he went ahead and told me that is, that will be the name of my firstborn child or out of my son specifically. Um, 
my firstborn son is what what he meant. Um, what does that mean? What 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 did I asked him? What is this? And he's telling me he he went ahead and told me some personal things about my child. But besides that, he went on and told me he said. I am changing you in the spirit realm, and I'm moving you to a new grace and to a new place, and I'm taking you from once, not just a son, but I'm adding a name in, in, in the spirit realm, and I am making you and calling you into deeper intimacy. Sometimes the Lord will take a name, and he will change you to what he becomes, He what he wants you to change you into. So even with, like, uh, we look biblically, you see Jesus the name of Jesus is that name of a savior. He is saving us and he is forever operating under that anointing. He is Christ Jesus. Christ means the holy and anointed one. It means anointed one and his anointing. Um, Jesus means to save and he, the Bible says he's forever, forever interceding on our behalf. He's our intercessor. He is our high priest. He sits there to forever follow out his name. But, and I say this but, in Revelation 3, verse 12, let's go ahead and turn to Revelation 3, verse 12. Starting with verse 12, it says, To the one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it, and I will write on them the name of my God, and the name of the city my God, of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new home, my new name, excuse me. My name is a name is often a sign of authority. It's a sign of relationship. What we just read in verse twelve, we see that apparently the uh, the context is in Revelation three. He's he's speaking. Um, John of Patmos was. Um, instructed by an angel that whatever he sees he shall write to a letter to these specific churches and this church is the church of philadelphia it's the faithful church and he is telling them because they are faithful and because they have withstood and and had um persevered that he will make us a pillar in the temple of his god and never again will he leave it this is after the coming and he will write on them the name of my god and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And he will write on them his new name. And I asked the Lord, why? Why are you writing a new name? And he just spoke to me and he said, I'm writing a new name on you because my new name coming upon me marks a new dispensation, a new era, a new time period. It's a time period that's no longer under the... um." No longer under the rule of this earth that is like this corrupt and destroyed. It's operating under a new Jerusalem, a new church. One without spot, one without blemish. And I mean that not just in his blood, but in general. It will be a new place where Jerusalem was once a place. This will be the new Jerusalem. This will be the new Garden of Eden, the new paradise, a new earth, the new place. And he told me this is a new dispensation, a new grace, a new grace because we'll start to operate under a place we never before because we get to spend eternity with him. That new name will seal us into a new, a new earth and a new living, a new era, a new height, 
a name, like I said, is, is a sign of authority. It's a sign of relationship. Many times in the, the times of uh, slavery even, you hear the of slaves taking the last name of their master. It was a sign of ownership. It was a sign of, of who owned them. It was a sign of a, almost a branding. It was a branding. But you hear that many stories after the slaves were abolished, after slavery was abolished, excuse me, and the slaves were set free, many of the slaves went to change their name to another to do away with that slave-given name, to, to do away with that past, to, to try to get away from it. Um, and it's, it's funny because... It's just, it's funny because we were the same way. We were once slaves to the world. We were once slaves to bondage. We were once slaves to everything that we were. We were once slaves to our sin. But (laughs) we were set free in Jesus. And through Jesus, we were renamed into his name. We were wedded with him. We were brided. We were, were made a bride unto Christ. Um... And I believe after the hour comes, like I said, we will be freed from another form of bondage. We'll be freed from the bondage of ourself. You know, Paul speaks of that. Paul speaks in uh, multiple times. He he says, I will to do good. But this body, this temple that I live in, this this flesh, it, it just it craves evil. It wants to do evil. And... Uh, we see this struggle a christian's biggest struggle isn't it isn't sin because we've been wiped away with it the sh- biggest struggle is that we're forced to live in this stupid body this body carries everything that's anti god because it's been twisted it's been warped but we will be given a new name and we'll be marked into a new dispensation um and it's funny because Satan, you know, he's a mimic. He's the same thing. He, he tries to copy everything. But bef- like, okay, like think about this coronavirus. There is a healing. There is a, a revival coming. And you can feel it. I don't know if you can feel it, saints. There's a, a revival coming to the world. And what did Satan do? He tried to beat God to the punch. And he tried to cause sickness, mass sickness and mass fear, mass panic to happen first. And it's just so hilarious because he's just such a mimic and he carries no weight behind what he does because there's no no thing that Satan can do. And the Bible says that we shall triumph and the gates of hell cannot stand against the church. There's nothing he can do to stop us because we have been named and sealed with a name. We have been named and sealed with that name, that name of Jesus who carries weight, like I said, he is the gold that that puts weight behind our name. He is the gold that puts weight behind our being. He is the thing that puts weight behind us. That weight, that weightiness, that heaviness, that worth, that authority, that power. We have been given a power and authority. We have been placed we have been placed in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So Satan tries and he's going to try to do this. He's going to try to give the mark of the beast, which is funny because, like I said, Revelation 3 speaks of Jesus giving a new name and giving writing his name and all that he is on us. He is going to receive, we're going to receive a mark. We're going to receive a name. And it's funny because Satan tries to mimic it first. And <laughs> it's just it's just so funny because he's, he's not original. He's a copycat. And even Satan is operating under that spiritual law, that spiritual and physical law. Naming is a spiritual law that operates in the physical realm. 
but we see that there is power in that name of Jesus and all that he has been given, all that he has been given, all authority, all power, all dominion, his name has been supercharged with and now it operates in us. We see in John 18, 6 that when Judas, like this is an example of Jesus' power. In John 18, verse 6, when Judas brought the mob to see Jesus, when he brought the Pharisees and he brought the people who were going to take him in to see Jesus, he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, Gethsemane. Uh, Jesus just started, he stopped praying. He just sweat and cried the tears of blood or whatever. And then he, so when he leaves, he sees his mob come towards him and they ask him, are you Jesus of Nazareth? And we see, funnily, we see powerfully, he says, I am he. And what do we see? The people who came to get him fell down. And they had to get back up. And Jesus had to say, I said, I'm he. Take me. And I, I've known this for a while. I've seen this for a while. But I, I wasn't released to share this. But it, now I am. Why was this so powerful? It's because he was operating under two names. There was He said his name. They said, are you Jesus of Nazareth? And he identified with it. He said, are you Jesus of Nazareth? And he said, yes, I am the Savior that has come. And he operated under that. And second off, what did he say? I am he. He was operating under his name that is I am that I am. Because he is eternal. He is everlasting. His, that, that bit is saying, you are coming to take me. You are coming to crucify me. But I am that I am. I, I am eternal. You cannot kill me. I am everlasting. You will not You will not succeed. You only succeed because I lay down my life. And even after that, I will succeed. I will never die. I will die, but I will be resurrected. He was saying his name. Double fold, he was saying, I'm the savior and I'm your eternal savior. I'm the savior and I'm one, the, the he that was the ancient of days that has been around for the whole earth, the whole foundation of the earth, the whole time period who operates in a realm you don't even know of. He was saying, I am he. So by the coupling of those two names, the power, power was released of who he truly is. As the the son of God, as God himself, as much man as he was God, that power being released in that name and that that identifying with that name, and it it affected the physical body of the Pharisees. It affected the physical body of the the, the people who were coming to take him to the point to where they their legs gave out and they fell down. How powerful is that? That the name of Jesus. Uh, responding to the name of Jesus and responding to who God is and what he is and his eternal saving power and his eternal healing power, his deliverance power, just responding to that name. Our circumstance is brought to its knees. It's brought to the floor. The people who are trying to kill you by by just saying the name of Jesus, by just operating under his name and what he is and, and just crying out to his name, just identifying with that name, they will stumble and they will fall and the weapon formed against you will, will, will not prosper because the name of Jesus is so powerful that whatever weapon will be dismantled by just and identifying with his name because we are sealed with his name because we identify and we tell and we put satan on notice we have been sealed with his name the weapons that are trying to come against you the 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 thought processes the the mentalities the works of satan the works of the enemy words that people are trying to speak against you curses hexes witchcraft by identifying with that name 
that weapon that's trying to come against you will crumble and it will fall. And the only way it will take you is if you do as Jesus and say, I am he, take me. You give authority, you give authority to it, you give um, room to it, you give yourself up to it. There is power in the name of Jesus and there's power in a name. There is power in a name. A name is eternal. The power of a name is eternal. You'll hear people like um, sports people like Michael Jordan, Muhammad Ali. You'll hear people like Martin Luther King. You'll hear people like Christopher Columbus. Granted, anyways, you'll hear people like um, um, Rosa Parks. You'll hear people like, you just hear these names. You'll hear people like uh, Jesus. You'll hear people like, you just hear these names. These names echo into eternity because of what they have done you see the legacy they leave behind how much more so for the king of kings that his name is above all names that his name echoes into eternity with power and dominion our names have meaning and they are eternal things because they are naming an eternal being jesus made the father rather made humans to be eternal beings we are eternal beings and that's why our names will last as well so are you leaving a legacy a name to be remembered or are you leaving something that's just negligible what are you doing on this earth are you spreading heaven are you spreading the kingdom? Are you spreading all that should be spread? Are you or are you causing a ruckus in a negative sense? Are you just existing? Existing and is different than thriving. Thriving means to operate in the kingdom of heaven, operate under the name and the authority in that name. We brand ourselves as Christians. We we because we are tiny Christs. We brand ourselves as believers because we, of whom we believe in. We brand ourselves as followers because we follow Christ. Have you branded yourself something and you don't follow your, follow him? Have you branded yourself a believer of Christ but your 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 lifestyle preaches differently? Have you branded yourself something but you don't have any weight behind it? A name is is sanctioned. A name is made from the beginning to carry weight. So where is your fruit? Your name brings fruit. A name brings fruit. A name brings fruit. As God creates, like I said earlier, as God created in the in the, the foundation of the earth, we see he says, "Let there be light. Let there be light or light be." He calls something, something. He names something. He calls an object something. He names an object something. And whatever that object has been named, it has to operate. That's the, the power and the, the, that's, that's the spiritual protocol of God. When he names or calls something, something, it has to operate in what it is called. His word does not return to him void. So whatever he calls something, it has to be. He is calling us, church. He is calling us. He has called us already, the Christ. He has called us already, the Christ, Jesus. 
He has called us the bride of Christ Jesus. He's called us Christ Jesus because we have been placed a name in our spirits. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. He is the seal of the salvation. He is the seal of salvation. The Holy Spirit is the seal of salvation. He is the name of Jesus is planted in you. He has already called us Jesus because Jesus lives in us. And what he has called is accompanied with a destiny. And that destiny and that destination is to carry out the kingdom, to spread Jesus, and to bring heaven onto earth. And to bring earth and the people of earth into heaven. And to one day we will rule and dominate the new earth with Jesus, under Jesus, by Jesus. And our calling and our dominion, all he has called you to do, whether it be a prophet, whether it be a teacher, a pastor, if he's called you to be a teacher in the sense of a school, if he's called you to be a truck driver, if he's called you to be a janitor, if he's called you to be whatever he has called you, operate in it. Because that thing that he has called you should have weight. Pursue that calling. Pursue what he has done in your life. Pursue it. But first and foremost, pursue what he has called us first to be. Sons and daughters of Christ and the bride of Christ. That is our main thing. Our identity in bri- as a bride, our identity as a son or a daughter. We first to seek the Lord Jesus to know him intimately. That's why we spend time with the word. That's why we spend time praying. That's why we spend time doing what we do. We don't do it to get righteousness. We don't do it to get right standing. We don't do it because we're trying to be what we already are. We're doing it. To spend time with the Lord, we're doing it to get to know Him. It's a relationship building. It's not about righteousness. It's not about works to um, to bring you into that place. It's not about be- being a better Christian. I mean, granted, that could be helped, but it's about getting to know your father, getting to know your daddy, getting to know your mama, getting to know your um, your husband. The father is everything you need. Jesus is everything you need. If you're missing a father, he's there. If you're missing a mother, he is there. But we are called to be the bride of Christ. We are called to be his sons and daughters. He has called you a name in the spirit so specific that he says that he knew you in bef- he knew you in the womb and he knew you before you were born and he formed you, he knitted you and he formed your life to be so significant, to be so 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 significant that it says that Jeremiah says that he knows the thoughts he has towards you. It's thoughts of good. His thoughts are to prosper you. He knows you so well. He only works. He only works to get to know you in the regards of a relationship. He knew Adam before he made him. But his desire was to walk with him in the cool of the day and have communion. This is our mandate as Christians. Let's have communion with the Father and let's have communion with the Holy Spirit. We leave him out too, too, too much. Let's have communion with Jesus. Let's get to know these people. Let's get to know them as intimate, not just people we read in the Bible, not just stories we tell, not just things we believe, but let's get to know them for who they are. How can you say you know me if you only hear what I say, if you only see me from afar? You get to know me by spending time with me, intimate time, not just saying, oh, hi, and every once in a while. You spend intimate time by first being open, your heart being open, 
humble enough to deny yourself to put that person first. Because if that person isn't first, you won't be listening to them. You, you'll be wanting to do all the talking. Humble yourself enough to get to know the Lord. He is worth everything. That relationship is worth everything. The Bible says he is a treasure. The kingdom of heaven is a treasure to be found. That once that man finds it, he sells all his possessions and keeps that treasure. He is a treasure. Jesus is a treasure. It's time to operate in our name. And we are called the body of Christ. We are called the church of Christ. Let's, let's operate under that power of that name. If we are called the church and the church said, the Bible says the church will not be defeated, it cannot be stifled, it, we won't be pushed down. The Bible says the, head, the, the um, gates of hell cannot stand against us, it shall not uh, be successful, it shall not um, uh, bring us down, we shall win, we have the victory. If this is what Jesus has said and he has named us the church, why aren't we operating in that? It's time to not only be named, but to operate in the power of of that name that we have been named. It's time. It's time. There's power in our name. As I speak this, as I speak this today, I feel a shifting. I've said this on Twitter, but I've been feeling it lately. There's a shifting in the spirit and the heavenlies. It, there's a shifting taking place. Where the Lord is beginning to align. He's realigning. He's restoring his children. But I hear the Lord say. I am beginning to change names and functions. That once where you have been called things by people. And you have been named unworthy or incapable. I am renaming my children. To do my will to at a new level. That has not yet been seen. I am calling all to me. I am beckoning the deeper things. For once. Uh, once toiling has been your master, my new name on you will bring all of you a divine grace. Bring forth a divine grace to hit you like a storm, fierce and with a violent aggression. Will take You will take your place. I am the Lord your God and I brand you with my son's name. You have been branded with the name of Jesus. Now step into that name, says the Lord. We receive it, Lord, we receive it. We receive it. We receive it, Lord. Lord, I ask you, since we're here, we'll go ahead and close this thing out with prayer. Lord, I ask you to show us, show us how to operate under our names. Show us how to operate as the church, operate as brothers and sisters to the church, operate as the sons and daughters of you, operate as the bride Christ we ask thank you Holy Spirit we go ahead and thank you for all that has been spoken today and we seal we ask you to seal all that has been spoken and that every heart that has heard today will be receptive and will receive everything that has been spoken that not only will become hearers but we will be doers that our lives will be changed that our our wills will be mended our wills will be reshaped to be what your will is. We ask you to bind us. We ask you to bind us and strap us to your heart and to you so that we will never leave you. We won't be stumbling. We won't be falling, but we will be clung so heavily to you as um, as Jesus you were 
to the Father. We cling to you and we ask you, change us. Change us, renew us, refine us, restore us, realign us. We ask you to take us into what our name is in the heavenlies, what our spirit has been named. Take us and make us more like you. Make us more like our name. Form us into what you have for us. And we receive it in your sweet and powerful name. In your name. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We receive it. Let it be done. Well, that's all I have for you this week. Next week we'll be furthering this topic. We'll be furthering this topic. It's been a lovely topic. It's been a powerful topic. I hope you've enjoyed it so far. Um, As usual, if you have any testimonies, if this has spoke to you, you may feel led to leave a testimony or to message me, shoot me a message on Twitter. Uh, my handle is Rubes, R-E-W-B-S-S, um, underscore or not, <laughs> uh, R-E-W-B-S-S. Um, I have a, a Instagram. It's W-T-L-I pod, which is, that's the podcast Instagram. You can go ahead and uh, hook up on that and uh, message me on that if you have a testimony. Um there, if you feel led to sow into the ministry, there is a donation link for a PayPal one-time um, donation under the description in the description on YouTube. Be sure to be notified and and um, follow and what have you to to stay on top of these new episodes. Um, I have a Patreon, but I mean, whatever you feel led, that's fine. Um, testimonies are very much very very much welcome i want to hear from you guys i want to hear what you guys have to say what you guys are um getting from this if you have revelations if the lord's speaking to you go ahead and say that but other than that um hope you have a good week hope you have a good day i pray the lord blesses you i I pray that he becomes so tangible and intimate with you this week that you can't help but to cry in his presence because he's so good to you. I pray he overwhelms you and overloads you and just does too much for you because you so deserve it. Uh, Love you guys. I'll see you next week. Bye.